Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger Den, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. God, we are back in the studio. That's right. It is Blue Tiger Revenge, and it feels like we just can't get out of here. I am comic book creator Tad Galusha. That's right, in the flesh and with me, looking oh so fresh, which makes me hate him, is the man, the myth, the king of beards, the old big guy, Brian Bales. (laughs) How's it going? It's Big going guy. good. That's right. Uh, you know, get that coffee pot rolling because uh, we got an early morning today. I feel like we've just they're like boom, 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 not, boom, hitting interviews this week. You know, they don't they don't call it the revenge tour for nothing. So you know, when That's we're true. back, we're back with a vengeance, and um, we have to going uh, heavy. Yeah, we got to we got to give the Tiger Cubs what they want. Yeah, and we're going real heavy today. We got a pretty uh pretty epic guest. Let's just say if we've been dancing in the the indies, yeah, we're going full mainstream today. Yep. Big time. Big time. Yes, I am uh I am very much very much looking forward to today. So Yeah, this is all you. You set this up. I love how we're like talking like uh, like they can't read, like they can't read the yeah. title of who we have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, anything go down this week uh, since our last recording? Any anything fresh in the news? Anything on the comic wise? Probably. I, there's <laughs> I know some news. You've uh, you've gone all in on Pluto. Like yes, I just talked. You, you're tracking them all down. You're missing one though. Yeah, I'm missing volume six. Uh, so I got to get my hands on that. But uh, also, if I recall the last episode. You gave me some serious shit. I did. Because about, uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I think there's eight volumes of uh, Pluto. And you're like, no, there's seven. God, what an idiot. Meanwhile, I could have just turned around and looked at my shelf when you said that. I should have. You should have. just done that. that. You know, that was an <laughs> opportunity to make me look dumb. You, you blew it. Um, I blew it. But, you know. I did it myself. Revenge yeah. is here. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. We went full circle into the next episode. You did. As, as they do. As they do. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So how's things going, man? Things are going good? Yeah. Going pretty good. Um, I don't know. Wow. Riveting. Yeah, riveting. riveting. It, it, it's pretty early. It's early in the morning, in the morning for me to be talking. But, uh, you know. I mean. I mean, any time for you to be talking is questionable. That's Let's fair. just be honest. That's fair. You know, oh, I know. I know. Uh, the world is strongly disagreeing with your assessment of the latest Turtles movie. That's true. That That is very true. They are light. Well, we haven't heard any feedback yet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, your, your, your take there was only one person that had a similar kind of hot take, and that was my sister. Now, she loved the movie, but she did say, she's like, they messed around with the origins. And she, go, in her words, exactly where, I don't know why you would even do that. Yeah. But she said, she, uh, but she said it worked. She thought the movie worked, where you had some other discrepancies with you know. the, the plot of the film. I had, I had I had other issues with it, but that's okay. Um, you know, sure. It's just it's interesting that I you're the only one who said I've heard just a peep of negativity. About yeah, it. I got to listen to uh, uh, my my boys at Turtle Soup. They just mm-hmm. did a review of it. 
and I haven't I haven't checked it out yet. So I got to listen to that and see what their thoughts are. But I'm I'm really curious if they're going to have similar thoughts as me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh, be kind of interesting to see what they have to say. You guys also uh, you just you just went to a Mariners game. How oh, was that? Oh, dude, man? the Mariners game was freaking awesome. It was Bark at the Park night, which I don't know what that means. Okay, Bark at the Park <laughs> is amazing. It's uh, you can bring your dog. It's like bring your dog to the Mariners game, okay. and uh, and they sit in like the three hundred level. Um, there was well over a thousand dogs at the ballpark tonight and, uh, they do just take Luna. Oh my God. No, um, <laughs> she doesn't like other dogs. So just it would have been a, the whole time. It would have been a bad time for everybody, but she, so, uh, they do, uh, they do a Simba cam where they play the lion King music and everyone holds their dog up. Like, like they held up Simba and the lion King. And it's oh yeah, yeah, pretty funny to see people with like you know trying to pick up their like hundred pound labs to hold them up in the Simba can. I I don't know if I'd be able to pick up my I, dog. I uh, I didn't have a dog, but I picked up Max like Simba. Even you know what? He is a little dog, so it's fine. Yeah, he's he's, he's fine. heavy too. He's like ninety pounds. Um, wow! Yeah. Don't. don't- don't fat shame your I'm child. I'm not. He's just a large <laughs> eight-year-old. Like what? Like he's as tall as I am. Uncle. Yeah, he's a beanpole, but he's just really tall. Um, and then at the so one they won, which was great. Loved right. it. Uh, Cal Raleigh Mariners catcher hit a 450-foot bomb, um, okay. and it was awesome. But at the end of the game, when the game is over. Everybody from the everybody from the bark at the park section, they come down to the field and they get to walk the bases with their dogs. And so we stayed to watch it. And so we were down. We had really good seats. So we were we yeah. walked all the way down to the front and uh, you walk. They're walking their dogs around like a parade and everyone's like holding their hands out, petting all of the dogs that come through. That's cool, man. It was awesome. Old school baseball type stuff. It was awesome. Real, huh? I don't want to go to any games except Bark at the Park nights. Just petting. I probably pet like over a hundred dogs. It was a great. God, there was so much dog poop in the stands. You just know it. You You just know it. That poor, the poor janitorial services afterwards are probably like, no, you know, it's bad enough with people and they had dogs. What's, what's crazy is as soon as like the game is over and the lights Mm -hmm. go off, uh, or not the lights, but as soon as like people clear, you can see hundreds of seagulls just circling the ballpark waiting for all the food. Oh my God. There's a story right there. I'd read that comic from the perspective of a Seattle seagull, just like Mariner game. We just got out boys. Let's go. Yeah. Time to rally. (laughs) rally. Wow. It's it's their Super Bowl. you know, 80 nights, (laughs) 80 nights a year. So, you know, you got them on the, on the, uh, uh, power lines, given the, given the motivational speech. This is our time. That's right. That's right. Huh? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I um, I haven't done anything fun like that. I've been just basically trying to working. Yeah, just working, trying to hit hit get this book done. It's just it's killing me, but it's turning out really great, really great. Nice. I can't wait for people to see it. The I think it, I think it'll be come out the end of this month. Okay, beginning of next month, something like so. Late, late. August early, I think. No, I think I think it's going to be like mid to late September. Okay, something like that. So yeah. it's coming. It's coming quick. It's coming quick. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. It won't be the full. It'll just be the next installment of uh, Kaiju Libre, um, which some people may have checked out. It's only kind of been out in the world a little bit here yeah. and there. Um, small small print runs, but I mean, I I have one. It's pretty one. good. Yeah, and, and the, the second round is much better. Okay, like, I, just everything. The, everything is ramped up like to a whole nother level. I shouldn't say better, but I get what you. I get what you mean. Col- yeah, yeah. It's just like the plot is escalating mm-hmm. 
very pro wrestler ish, oh. oh, if you better. will. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is God, there a, is there a betrayal of Hulk Hogan esque proportions of when he joins uh, goes to NWO? Not quite. Okay, but there is the re- you know what there is a reveal that is at the very end that is on that level. Oh, I like it. It's very Hogan esque heel turn, I guess you could say. Nice. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not a fan of Hogan. I no, used to like neither, him as a kid, neither am I. He's kind of a dirtbag. Yeah. I, the more and more of it, he's on a weird publicity tour these days. Have you noticed that he is everywhere? And I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Probably just, I think he, he, he needs the something. he needs the publicity, so he's doing interviews. Yeah, I think I heard read something that he's trying to do like a farewell match, a retirement at match, and it's like, dude, didn't you do that like twenty years ago? Yeah, like, um, but I don't know. Well, it's odd. It's odd. Yeah. Well, what do you say we head over and uh, and and bring, bring our, our guest, guest in? in? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Check one two. And we're back. We are back in the Tiger Den with our special guest, Philip Kennedy Johnson. How's it going, Philip? How you doing, man? Great, man. How are you guys? Doing good. Good. And I should probably say comic book writer, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Excuse wow. me for that. Look at you. Oh, I know. No worries. Yeah. yeah uh, huge huge is- shout out to 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 Kristen who uh who gave me the introduction in a uh in a in an arts meeting so so i really thank you if you're listening appreciate you first and super cool man i yeah um, when i'm when i'm not doing comics i play in the military band in the dc area and yeah um, and kristen went on tour with us and we we met there so she's she's cool okay so i'm gonna that's a great way to start it off i'm just gonna jump right in so like you're probably the first person that we've had on um and probably the first person i've met just working in this industry that has a secondary career uh, on top of working in comics full-time, which is a very, I guess you could say a laborious lot uh, to tackle. How do you manage both being in the band and, and, and writing comics, especially like right now you're working on uh, what the new Hulk book, right? Yeah. Um, Like, yeah. How do you balance the two of those? That's, Oh man, I'm not the one to ask. I, I mean, I'm just, I just work all the time. I mean, it's, <laughs> um, I'm just doing my best to keep up with everything, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm, I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I just get up and I work till I fall down. I'm, wow. In the beginning, was there, did the army like have any issue or anything like that with you having the secondary career? Cause I remember like, uh, I was, I was in the Marines from 2005 to 2010 and, uh, you know, they were not as uh, flexible, I guess, with I know other guys who were like trying to get secondary gigs, stuff like that. Um, yeah. What was that? What was that conversation like? If you can say. They've actually been very cool. And I I um, I helped to mitigate any kind of pushback I might have gotten by make sure I, I was not, you know, falling on my face at work. Like I, as long as they get what they need from me, they were OK with me doing other stuff. Um so there, I mean, if there's ever a convention I want to go to or a signing or something, if there's any kind of overlap with some, if I was going to have to take leave during like, a, you know, any kind of, if I was going to have any kind of conflict, I just didn't even ask, you know, I just yeah. made it really easy for them so yeah. that they never had to, I didn't want them getting in the position where they had to start rolling their eyes whenever I asked for something like, Oh my God, he's asking for leave again, or he's, he's doing this other thing or he's, um, he's making us look bad with some kind of a douchey book or like, I, I, I was very careful not to, not to do anything that would give them reason to be pissed. Sure. You know, well, uh, and, then, we, and then when it started oh, becoming, when it started to get more prominent at first, people were kind of, they kind of, you know, chuckle about it. It's like, Oh, he's writing comic books. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. So when, <laughs> yeah. When, um, when we started making real books, like pretty soon I was starting to do licensed stuff and then they're like, Oh shit, he's doing alien. Like he's doing, yeah. he's doing Superman. He's doing, he's doing Hulk. And they, um, they took notice actually. And then they, they kind of, 
like big army, like capital A army started trying to use, you know, use that. Yeah. Uh, like, Hey, let's do some interviews. Let's, let's do, let's, cause I mean, they're trying to send out the message and half for years that the, uh, you know, the department of defense is trying to, to convince, you know, people of, of recruiting age that they don't need to sell their soul and give up who they are to right. be in the military. You know, right. like you can still yeah. think of love, you can still be who you are. You can still like the cool shit you like. Yeah. Um, and so I've done a fair bit of media stuff um, regarding, because my day job is to play trumpet with the military band in, mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. And then my uh, my side hustle is writing comics at Marvel in D.C. And so they're like, this guy's in the army doing all this cool crap. So you can do that too. So we've, we've done a lot of like inter- media interviews about like the arts in the army and yes. ways in which it crosses over and, you know, ways wow. to, to, you know, keep doing what you're doing while serving. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, what I do for a living is, you know, I try and get military connected and veterans connected to the arts in Washington state. So having someone like you who is active duty, who is writing all of these big books, I mean, it goes a long way to say, Hey, it's okay to be involved in the arts. Like it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a healing thing. Like you should, you should get involved with it too. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, I mean, I, this is our first time meeting you. So we yeah. have to ask, like, how did you get, how did you get rolling writing in comics? Cause I mean, writing comics is a hard thing. To, it's some say even harder to get break into than illustrating comics. Um, Cause you know, at least as a, as an artist, you can just take your pages, you can submit your samples, you can track down editors and bug them till the end of time until they finally throw something at you. Uh, how did you, uh, how did you get rolling with that? Um, I actually got into it to make things with my brother. Um, mm-hmm. I, when I was a when I was a kid, I I loved comics growing up. I learned how to read from comics. I just, I made I made my own. I um, but this is it was all just kid stuff. I just I, I really liked it. And I, at at one point, I had aspirations of be, of being a comic artist myself. But I didn't put in the kind of work that that those people do. The ones who make who go all the way. You know, I just I was pretty talented for a kid, but. You know, I, at some point I discovered music and um, I just felt like I was better at that. Uh, but I had a younger brother who also played trumpet and did comics. And he went the other way. He wanted to really chase his uh, his art passions. Yeah. So he um, at some point he he was going to community college and doing OK, but he was he was growing up and he was in Kentucky where where I had been. And um, I was playing trumpet with the Army Field Band in Washington, D.C. by then. And we were talking. And he said, um, he's like, man, I just, he's, he made it very clear he didn't want to be there. He's like, I mean, I don't really like this. Yeah. I just want to do comics. I got no idea how to get started. I just, I just don't know shit. I, mean, how, I didn't know what to, how to even, I don't know where to go or what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just kind of felt for him. I was like, just come move in with me, man. We'll figure it out. Like, we'll, we'll find a shop. We'll, I mean, I, I miss comics. I kind of, at that point, I was starting to look for other creative outlets too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just come, like, we'll find a good shop up here. We'll start going to conventions. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll literally buy the, how to make comics for dummies book. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Let's figure it out. And we did, we totally did that. We got that actual book. <laughs> we got other, <laughs> we got other books that are much better than that one. Um, sure. And we started going to cons that were in the area and found a, super legit comic shop which had just opened called third eye comics in annapolis maryland which is now this mega store yeah at the time, it was like this little ass place in this uh this little like a place that they had it looks like they had just recently taken a like a little like a little subdivision of crappy apartments and converted it into commercial zoning so it was like you know a little cash for gold place and stuff like that yeah <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Basically, no parking lot, and they they put a little shop there. It's super small, but you could tell. But the people who ran it clearly in it for love of the game and like really loved it and they took great care of that shop. Um, and our stars just kind of rose together. It was just like this really great place, and we got to know each other really well. And as I started to write script, I was writing scripts just for my brother to illustrate, just strictly to give him a portfolio because mm-hmm. he had a lot of pinups. He would just draw a picture of, you know, like Wolverine looking cool or something, but he didn't have any. Right. Pins. Um, so I would start to just kind of educate myself on how scripts were written, what they look like, how the whole process worked. 
Um, I get trade paperbacks that sometimes have script excerpts in the back. We can oh, yeah. see and compare the art and everything. That stuff was super valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of figured it out as we went along. Just to just to do stuff for him to draw. And um, at some point, actually, he joined the army too. He there was a okay. there's a job in the army called multimedia illustrator. Oh yeah, where oh. you just do graphics and and make make visual image make make visual things for tools for the army, and they train you up in all the same software that comic artists have to use, like Photoshop and um, Illustrator. And they also oh, use wow. InDesign and various things. And not everyone who does that job can draw necessarily, but he could, and he was very valuable there to them. Do, um, uh, are you aware of PS Magazine? Do you know what that is? They still I don't know if that's even still around anymore. It was uh-oh. like an army comic. Um, it was created, I think during like world war two, but it, your brother sounds like he would have been perfect. That's how I got my start. The first thing I worked on was a thing called PS magazine. And it was like these, we were, uh, Joe Kubert was the editor in chief of, uh, no of the book. Yeah. And he like, uh, so you're working under Joe, but it was all like these comic strips where we had to like draw, like any, uh, any kind of equipment or materials or like, mechanisms taking apart all the little components and wow. uh, i don't know i just everything you were telling that, me it's just, it's just, i knew that cuber did that kind of thing yeah i know that yeah he and um yeah I, there's a there's actually an old there's like a one-page thing that cubert drew in my building at work oh like really add like uh what is it like some basic it's like a flyer out of a magazine like you're talking about with a guy like coffee cup in his hand and like a rifle and all that that's it that's ps magazine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. he's kind of got like the uh he's got like a big square chin exactly yes that, yeah yeah oh, man i can't remember that guy's name uh but he's like the in the the comic strip he's like the main character i think they called him sarge or something like that i don't know it's yeah it's, yeah it's pretty goofy uh but yeah i worked i did like a couple summers working and yeah. working there while i was going to the going to school and Dude, that's uh crazy. awesome man i wish i'd met joe Oh, dude, he was the best. Terrifying, but the best. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Yeah, I. Whenever I see somebody like legit famous, I I don't like to bother them because I mean they're always that like they're either have a like a little entourage with them or they're talking to somebody else or even if they're not, man, I don't know. I just don't want to be one because I know they get mobbed all the time. Yeah, I don't want to be part of that. Yeah, like I was I was in the same room as Stanley like dozen times probably, and I just never wanted to bother him you know but i had complicated feelings about him anyway but but yeah that, sure. if, I, if i could go back um i definitely would have loved to have met joe because he was he's legit like my like lewis armstrong of comics like that that guy is just such a legend to me yeah uh, yeah see i was lucky enough to get to go to the cuber school and study under him and then during the summers work under him and uh uh probably the best thing I'll, I'll I'll say this just because you know, like you're Joe, you're you're a Joe fan. Uh, the best job I ever got was I did. I was like the security guy for the building my last year at the Cuber School, and the best perk of it was that Joe we stayed after hours, and he was there every day, almost almost every Saturday and Sunday. So I would go in, I had to go on Saturday mornings, but I would stay all day and work, and Joe would be in his office, and so I could just go in on the door and just ask him about comics and have him break. I learned more in a few months just doing that, just having conversations with that guy than probably the whole three years I was at the Cubert school. Uh, it was, it was crazy, but, That's and incredible. he was just, yeah, yeah. It was one of those where I think it was like, Oh, that was the whole purpose of going to school was for that, that interaction. That was it. That, that right there made it worth, worth going. Um, but yeah. yeah, anyways, a lot enough about my, no, dude, that's fascinating. I would, I would have loved to have been in that situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, um, there was a, um, <clears throat> let's see, at one of, a, I can't remember if it was New York. I think it was New York Comic Con rather than San Diego. I think it was New York. Um, my first year that I was part of the DC like crew and I was able to, I was able to get into the, the DC lounge. They call it, there's like a little space yeah. that kind of overlooks the, um, there's like a little media. Like, okay hallway kind of that's not on the exhibit hall like if you if you find this hidden elevator and go up like half a floor you can get there's this little this little um corridor of rooms that they use for media interviews and stuff 
And they set one of those rooms aside as kind of like the DC lounge where they would have little, you know, hors d'oeuvres and shit. So people who were there all day doing panels or taking meetings with prospective talent or whatever could go in the DC lounge, kind of just get off their feet for a second, grab a water, grab a, you know, half Mm -hmm. a sandwich and just kind of hang out and talk to their friends. And um, my first year I was, that I was able to like get in there. um, It was kind of, it was kind of full at this particular time. It's a very small room. There may be, you know, dozen of us in there. It's about as many as, you can, as it would hold. And I literally bumped into this big, tall dude. And I have no idea who this guy was. And um, I was like, oh, hey, excuse me. And and he was perfectly nice and polite. And we were talking. And um, I was like, how's your con going? And <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be like, so who are you? Like, what yeah, do you yeah. do? Right. <laughs> so I'm just trying to be nice. And um, he's like, oh, it's good. I've been kind of busy. I've been doing some portfolio reviews. And um I got a panel with my, I say, there's a panel with my brother later, blah, blah, blah. And I had seen somewhere on the, with my brother kind of tweaked my ear. I was like, huh. And at some point I saw, I had seen on the panel that the Cuberts were doing a panel that day. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I know who you are. It's great. You know, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Like, I, I love your work. It's Andy Cubert. It was and Andy. It was Andy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Andy was doing a lot of stuff there with. Uh, at the time, it was um, he was doing a lot of portfolio. Review. He was um, the talent. See, the talent workshop thing was still going. Like, there's the writers oh, okay. workshop and the artist workshop, and Andy was kind of like the Yoda of the artist workshop. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, yeah, cool. he was he was reviewing everyone's art, and uh, he was like the big teacher. Scott Snyder taught the writers, and Andy taught the, okay. the artists. Part. I mean, the other people would come in and out, but they were the like, standby guys. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of realized who, who we must have been. And was like, because I mean, both the Cuberts are all over the big two. But at that time, Andy was like, like all up in DC. And Adam, oh, yeah. Adam was doing other stuff. So um, I knew it was must have been Andy. Anyway, he, Andy he was, was super always, cool. He could have oh, been just he could have been just any dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Andy, Andy's a great guy, super down to earth. And um, that that was one of the things that we always. Uh, Andy was kind of like the reluctant teacher, at least when I was there, mm-hmm. but he was so gifted at teaching. He was such a skilled teacher. And, you know, I think at the time, like when I was there, it was like, you know, 2008, 2009. So I think he was just busy. Like he just jumped on like Batman over at DC and stuff like that. And so I think the last thing he wanted to do was have to teach, but he was so good at it. Like is that when he was doing natural. like Batman and Son stuff with Grant? Yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, he was doing his Grant Morrison run. Yeah, that's incredible. There was this. I remember this, these that great scene in one of the. It might have been issue one or two, where there's um, there's this big art exhibit going on when the when all the Bat Ninjas like. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and this those pages just look so Andy esque. Like I, I just remember how how just typical Andy, those pages looked and they're, but like really high end versions of those things where there was in the background, there were these big, like Andy Warhol type things on the walls. Yeah. And they kind of had these, like while the action was happening in the background, like the distant background in the, in the panel, you would see like an Andy Warhol thing of like a gun with a big, like 66 Batman blam kind of a thing yeah. in the background. Yeah. It was just so artfully done. I loved it. Yeah. And those guys, both Adam and Andy, man, they're just so good. Uh, like they're so technically like skilled and proficient. Like, like one of the things I found out later was that like Adam had worked as a letterer for like years, even while he was working on like X Men and stuff. Like he was just, oh. yeah, just because I, I remember asking him about it, and he was like, "Oh, this is the only insured like reliable paycheck." So, um, you know, he's like, there'd be gaps in between projects, but there was never gaps. There was always books that needed lettering. So he, that's what he did. And I was like, crazy, man. Yeah. I was like all through the nineties and like, you know, him and Andy were like blowing up back then. Like they were, they were like huge. I don't know. It's just wild. Just, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I mean, comic, we think of comics, the comics people as these big superstar guys, but, um, you know, the money is not superstar money compared to what you'd see, like the people who are equivalent famous in other industries, like yeah, film or TV, right. whatever the thing is, like they're still just making rent like everyone else. You know, it's funny to see. Yeah. What I mean, Scott Snyder talked about when he was he was writing goddamn Batman and still teaching at the same time. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. And um, I mean, at some point, of course, he, he made the jump. And I mean, I'm in I'm in the army right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's other people, there's plenty of people that, that have day jobs. It might surprise you. 
Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Uh, speaking of uh, side hustles, I guess um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I was cruising around on your your uh, website. I noticed you had some web comics on there, and you had one that just jumped out at me: uh, the Lost Boys of U-Bait, or U-Boat. Uh, was it Bremen? Yeah, like, the Lost Boys of the U-Boat Bremen. Yeah, the. I mean, it's it's excellent, man. Like who who did the art on that? His name is Steve Beach. Steve Beach, yeah, Man. and he's he's the guy that's doing my action comics covers now. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. Okay, I was gonna say like that guy. Man. He's dope, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going through. I was like, how have I never heard of this guy? This guy's unbelievable. I, I discovered that guy. Someday, finding that guy is gonna be my legacy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he is so good. Yeah. He had just he had just finished up at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design when I met him. Okay. Um, Scad, yeah, yeah. I was at Heroes Con, I think, and Scad had a booth there, and they were giving out these these like booklets that had a couple of pages a piece of various artists that were either re- like very recent grads or about to graduate. Yeah, and um, I was looking through that thing. And I was, it was like, wow, this is good, pretty good, really good, good. Bam! And then there was like these two pages with Steve. Yeah, and it just commanded attention, and he kind of had this really. There was a what was it? it was like an image of a couple of guys in a like a pistol duel on the beach or something like a like a like an old like you know uh, piracy on the high seas kind of kind of imagery like something you'd see in an illustrated book like an old howard pile illustration yeah yeah um and it was just so goddamn good and i and i was looking for somebody i wanted to do a web comic um, okay that I, I did not want to pay a colorist but i also didn't want to do the the crappy version of a book that would look better in color Right, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like I wanted something oh, yeah. that, like it belonged in black and white. Yeah. Um, I wanted the art to serve the or the story to serve the black and white art, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um I thought so I thought up this idea for a period horror book. Um that basically Alien meets Lord of the Flies on a U-boat. Yeah, yeah. Um back in World War II, and and Steve was just beyond perfect for it. So I um I reached out to him and he's like, I'm actually working on a thing, I can't do it. I was like, oh my God, really? So I um I got I went to somebody else. Actually, do you know a guy named Henrik Johnson? Oh man, that name sounds familiar, but was, I um, might. <laughs> tall, tall, skinny dude from Scandinavia who was going to the art. He also went to Kubert school. Um, oh, what was his name? Henrik Johnson. Johnson was J-O-N-S-S-O-N, I think. Okay. I mean, I graduated in 09, so it Okay. That would have been it, there might have been some overlap, actually. He was around probably around that time, maybe a little maybe a little earlier. I don't know. Anyway, he's okay. mostly been doing stuff in Scandinavia since then. I can't remember if he's from Denmark. Okay. okay. I may have met him. Denmark um, or Sweden. Anyway, he's a great guy. Um, okay. We, we almost did that book together. He's, he's also extremely talented. Um, but at some point, that fell through, and Steve reached out again. He's like, actually, that thing uh, that thing fell apart. They can't pay me, so I'm, I'm, I'm open. <laughs> it's like, nice. Great. Um, so we did it and, um, there, and Steve, there was a double page sequence in here. I think it was like page 32 or something like that. And is that where the ship gets, gets blown up. Yeah. And I, I probably pulled it up like six times just this morning while drinking coffee, like just prepping for this, just looking at it. like, I'm supposed to be like reading your bio and, and like, so it's like, Oh, get some good questions to ask. And I just kept looking at that darn submarine explosion going like, I can't believe this is a web comic this is better than half the stuff you see on the shelf. This is crazy. So good. So <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of that dude, man. He was, he, um, he doesn't really have an internet presence to speak of. In fact, back okay. then, he was, because he's going to SCAD and then they, the teachers kind of got on him about it. And so he literally made a Tumblr page that had the name of it was actually something snarky. Like there, I have a web presence with a web presence. <laughs> He's just like, he just hates the internet. Doesn't want to talk to people. He just wants to make art. Yeah. You know? I love so it. It was, it was hard to find him kind of, and it's, and even now he doesn't, he doesn't sell his original work to anyone but me. And he tries to give it to me. Like he just, he, oh, uh, Without me, he would not have a career straight up. He just I I just put his work in front of people constantly. And yeah. because of that, he gets work. So now he's doing covers at DC. And I'm trying to get him on covers at Hulk. I mean, he Hulk yeah. is where he belongs as far as covers. Yeah. I, at some point, I'm sure you'll see him. You gotta, on you gotta charge him an agent fee or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, yeah, for I mean, the prices I get his originals for, I you know, I'm making up my money easy. Yeah. He he is an artist's artist. Uh, I mean, from the sounds of it, he just I mean I 
I love those guys because those guys are they're just so dedicated to the craft and it's just it's all about making the art. Totally. Like, that's what he lives for, and it's it's so unbelievably good, man. It's like he's too good for comics. Wow. Yeah, a, yeah. There's a um, there's a, a horror thing. He's he's a horror savant. Like his 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 mind for horror. Like you should read that whole book if you can, even if you don't read it. Like just look at. Oh, it. Oh, I'm I'm going to. I read probably I probably got about 15 pages in this morning. And I'm, then I'm, I'm so proud of it. And it just gets better and better as far as like this, like it gets deeper down the rabbit hole of the horror elements. And I, it helped me actually here, check this out. Oh, um, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, apologize. I know that this is audio only. That's okay. I, I have, there's a, an original he gave me. Wow. Oh, that's a, the, oh, wow, man. That's so cool looking. Yeah. That's just like a little thank you page that he did for me. But wow. then. I actually, he gave me a page from the actual interiors as well. Sorry for the spoiler. No, no, this is fine. This is towards. Oh wow, that's awesome, dude! I love the frame that you got on there, Uh, folks. If you're just listening, you're just listening to us. Uh, He's got like it looks like it's like riveted steel as a frame around one of these original pages. If you get a chance, go to Philip Kennedy Johnson. Was it just dot com? Yep. Yeah, Yeah. Philip Kennedy Johnson dot com, and there's a couple of web comics on there. Yeah, and go read. You got to read this webcom. I mean, it's it's like a, over a hundred pages, about one hundred and twelve, one hundred and thirteen. Yeah, one hundred and ten. I think it's like five twenty-two page issues. Any I, uh, yeah. with the webcomic, I wanted. I still wanted it to be printed. I was going to say, oh, any okay. plans at, to like at the, at the time? You're talking about how hard this. You're talking about how hard this to break into comics, and that is absolutely true as yeah. a as a writer. Now, I mean, it's 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 still harder as an artist, just because you have to get so good. <laughs> you know, that's you true. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, the the hours you put in to become a comic artist is like a huge deal. So I am absolutely not discounting that. Like it's harder to become good enough to do the thing as an artist, (laughs) but to get noticed as a writer is very tricky because um, once you've gotten the skills that you need as an artist, that your work speaks for itself and anyone can look at it and be like, you're the real deal. Right. Like, you know, they can just tell. Um, Writers might not have to, in theory, do not have to, I mean, obviously you got to be good too. But um, it's just different kind of getting ready to do that job is very different than the, than the dedication it takes to be the artist. But once you feel like you're really able to do it, um, getting noticed can be very difficult because you have to attach your – if you're writing comics specifically, you've got to attach your work to a solid artist or no one's going to – Yeah, I've looked at a comic and I open it and the art is just trash. I'm like, you just can't take it seriously. You know, like you can't. Yep. Even if the writing is great. Um, totally agree. It's just hard to look past really crappy art. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it just makes it hard to get noticed. So you have to constantly just kind of get people to take a chance on you or to take you seriously. And, yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, you just have to kind of learn how to talk to people and how to do the game without looking like a you know use Carl says car salesman. It's just kind of Ooh, kind yeah. of a tricky mm-hmm. tricky line to walk. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um, yeah. Any- sorry, I don't like that. That's all right. That <laughs> oh, I think Bri was ask going to ask you uh, any plans for publishing or self-publishing, well, like uh, kickstarting oh, right. that Lost Boys yes. as you boat. Yeah, sorry. That's uh, one of the reasons I wanted to do the webcomic is um, because I wanted. Yeah, there's, there's so many people who say they want to do it and yeah. probably intend to do it, but then just don't don't do the work or don't, are not willing to shell out for the for the real artist to to draw the stuff. Or they're just not willing to put themselves in that upper echelon somehow. So I wanted to, um, you know, I made business cards and I, you know, with a reference back to a website where I had a blog on there that talked about comics and a, a uh, like a, a series of like comic strips I was doing with a friend. And, um, and I wanted an actual web comic that was going to be, you know, with the track history of being published one page a week, every week at this time on this day, no matter what. Yeah. With professional yeah. level art. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, and that, that consistency—that's the key, especially for web yeah. comics. Right. I want people to see that, you know. So I something that I could make without relying on a publisher, because publishers don't want to see people who are like, you know, I can, I can do this. I promise. Now, just give me the, give me a shot. They want right. to see people that that don't need you to make comics. Like, I don't need you to make comics. I do them on my own, and they're fucking dope right. already. You know, that's what they want to see. Like, mm-hmm. they're people who are making professional level comics already, and then the publishers will find you. Be like. That looks great. Do that for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so, so glad you said that. I'm so glad that because the, I think the old school thought uh, was like, hey, do your sample pages and send them in. And 
that's not what gets you the gigs these days. It's like, yeah. oh no, here, here's my web comic. Oh, here's my self-published comic. Here's my Kickstarter thing. Here's exactly. my whatever. Yeah, like if you're if you're publishing in prose, um, self-publishing is kind of like frowned upon. It's not considered legit. Right. Sure. If you're trying to be like a novelist, um, if you've got your self-published, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey thing on on Amazon, that's not right. considered like quote unquote real. Right. You know, but if you, but in comics, it's the opposite. Like they, yeah. they want to see you self-publish. They want to see that you can do it on your own. And that you yeah, have a, yeah. and that you have a following and that people will buy your work. Exactly. Yeah. It's for, for me, I like the, um, one of the, the gold standards of that model are, is uh, David Pepos. David's a good hmm. friend of mine. He and I actually saw a lot of each other this last San Diego. He's a, he's a guy who, who was a comics journalist. He used to write for, was it Comics Alliance maybe? Hmm. I think There's so. A, we had him. We had him on the show years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, man, he, um, he. That nobody hustles like that dude. Like literally, no. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. He he did comics journalism, and he started doing his own self published things. He did a lot of kickstarters, um, and he, at some point he started like doing his own printed books and everything. And at some point he got noticed that he he got like a, a Ringo or something. And yeah, I think that's why we had him on. It was I can't even remember the name of the book. Uh, sorry, David. Um, it was Spencer but, uh, and Locke, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Spencer I'm not sure Locke. that was the one that won. I guess he got he kind of made his name on Spencer and Locke. Yeah. But then yeah. he won a Ringo, maybe for Scouts Honor, or he did some oh, Scouts Honor, or that's right. Or the OZ was another one. Yeah, I forgot about the OZ. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. The, those came out like a little while after we interviewed him. Yeah, so he's he's building a following, and he got noticed at Marvel. Now he's doing a bunch of stuff at Marvel. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he just he hustled, man. So yeah. Anyway, I I was trying to get get together a, a web comic that I could show, but I wanted it to be good enough that the I, the the vision was still to get it printed. I still wanted to see a printed comic out there, and not I, did, yeah. I wasn't just hanging my hat on just this one book. I, that would also caution if there's anyone listening to this that wants to break in. I would also caution you against just having the one idea, the one thing. Like this is my Hellboy. This is gonna think that makes gonna make me a star. Yeah, you have to have you have to have a bunch of stuff. So, um, I know it takes time to build up more than one book, but don't don't just finish one book and then be like, "I did it," and then think you're done. Yeah, uh, you yeah, need to exactly. be able to you need to be able to pitch a book to an editor, and they're like, "This looks awesome," but we've already got a book that's very much like this. Give so us something else. else you yeah, got? you know, yeah. What else you got? The answer can't be nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I had, uh, while I was putting together pitch packets for various books, I had like two or three pitch packets for like, you know, groups of six or seven pages, or in one case, a finished first issue that mm -hmm. I was using to pitch to editors and publishers. But I also had this webcomic, and that way people that were looking at my stuff could be like, okay, this guy's not screwing around. Um, but I, I wanted to continue to do, I, I put it out, I, I kind of agonized over whether it should be landscape, which would probably suit a webcomic better in theory. Um, cause that was back when people were reading web comics, mostly on computers rather than, um, tablets. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's interesting cause that was how I got into, that's how I broke into the industry was I did a web comic, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, consistently, consistently doing a page a week, that sort of thing. And I was storyboarding yeah. on the side, but I did mine, you know, like the formatted to like a, a PC screen or something. Yeah. And and that's my biggest regret now. I wish I would have done it more traditional page. And I'm looking at, you know, this book uh, and I'm going like, oh, it's great. Like, it's like, you could just Dude, take it to print right now. I think it's a smart way to go, honestly. I agonized over that because I, I mean, <laughs> really, I, I felt like, yeah, I felt like landscape would have suited a webcomic better, but I still wanted it in print someday. And I, I had, I mean, I'd seen both. I had seen uh, webcomics in in portrait format. And I'd also seen printed books that were in landscape that were clearly web comics that had then later been printed. Yeah. Um, and actually that Henrik, that other guy that I was going to do the book with and mm -hmm. when Steve didn't work out, we did our pages in landscape. Oh, interesting. We, we, we did a few pages, just a few in landscape. Yeah. They look great. Um, but, and, and in the end I kept reminding myself, like the vision is to get this thing printed and I think we can do it. So let's just do it like traditionally. So we did that. Um, and now when I'm looking at web comics, I usually use, I'm using a Kindle fire and I'm looking at it like, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. but back then, you know, we didn't know that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're going to like somebody's website or a blog or something like that, or it'd be like a, a back when Tumblr was still like really, right. really popular. Yeah. Uh, the web comics I was seeing back then were primarily landscape and I liked it that way. Yeah. But, 
Anyway. I mean it. Yeah, I mean it. Without if I wouldn't have done that, I don't like. I don't know what I, how I would have gotten into into <laughs> into the industry. If I'm being yeah. honest, like it's just everyone got their way in, man. And yeah. I, so I, we ended up doing a portrait and I, I also was very careful to keep the page count to 22 pages per issue. I wanted like a, like a, an end of a chapter at every 22nd page. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. I, that's smart. I had seen a lot of people, you know, you go to conventions and you're, you're a nobody and surrounded by other nobodies and everyone's trying to break in and show everyone else their work. And, right. Um, other, you know, your peers are giving you a comic and sometimes I get one that's a really weird page count, like 12 or 14 or, yeah. you know, 30 or it just has it just has an air of not being like real, quote unquote. And it just yeah. seemed like, you know, if you're trying to show the industry that you can make real comics, real comics are 20 to 22 pages long generally. Yeah. And so I was exactly. like, let's just do 22. That's what most of my favorite indie books were. They're all 22 pages. So I just I just kind of copied that format and and just made five 22 page chapters. So that's awesome. So as, so as you read that that comic, that's, you'll see five 22 page chapters. And eventually it did get printed. And ID, oh, did ID, it? Okay. Yeah, IDW. I was good friends with Dirk Wood, and he was uh, at the time. Oh, I know Dirk. I know yeah, Dirk. At the time, yeah. he was at IDW, and he uh, he was he had this passion project called Full Bleed. You know, Full Bleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember Full Bleed. Oh, yeah. There's one issue of of Bremen in every volume of of Full Bleed. And okay, that must have been when uh, Dirk was operating. He uh, did you ever go up to the Portland offices? No, I never saw the office. Okay, he had a, it was yeah. Had, that's when he was up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's when I knew him. Uh, I was working at IDW at the time, and uh, yeah, it, it was funny. The few times I went up there, I don't think Dirk and I talked. He's a huge like music guy. Yeah, and so we ended up talking about because there's just the office was so cool, but the whole wall was just covered with like all these old vintage like concert posters. That's yeah. all we ended up talking about. But yeah, like uh, he hooked me up with a few copies of Full Bleed and. Um, I remember at the time it was one of those things where I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get in this magazine. This thing is so badass. It was awesome. I yeah. I mean, yeah. apparently it didn't sell for shit, which really was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, the first, the first volume did okay, but, um, sure. I know it didn't, it was all kickstarted, I think, and it didn't do as well as they wanted it to. Mm. So they only did four volumes, but you know, Bremen is five issues. So they put the last two issues of Bremen in that fourth one. Oh, okay, cool. So if you yeah. have the whole four volume set, Bremen is in each one of those. Okay. Oh, that's I'd cool. probably have at least I'd have two or three then somewhere around here. I, you know, it's such a bummer. I'm with you, man. I think those anthology magazine, comic magazines, those are some of my favorite things. I wish they'd come back, but they just every time a publisher is like, "Hey, we're bringing back Erie Magazine or something similar," they just don't last very long. I, I, I know, they man. Just, they don't it's sell. A shame. I wish we could make them like give them more you know, wide appeal. Like there's, I've never seen the coolest things. They don't sell well enough. Like the, remember when DC <laughs> did Wednesday comics? Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, Joe is that. even, Joe had a story in that. I know. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've got that big ass hardcover in my house still. Oh, do I, you? Oh. Next to my bookshelf. Cause it didn't fit anywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, but it was so great, man. I just, just that, that first page of the Batman story. I guess, oh, yeah. well, you know, it's like a single, it's like its own chapter, you know, like it feels like there's an ending. It's a downer, but it's a, uh, I don't know. It's great. And to see the whole thing, I, I just love the vision of what that book was. But to me, yeah. that was one of the things I think when I try to think of what comics can do, what the medium is capable of Wednesday comics is one of the things that I think of. I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, oh man, you're making me really like. I really wish, I really wish that like that anthology format would just be more prominent i guess in our industry but hey, what are you gonna do well i mean full bleed exists if you can find them yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's a thing in the world you know yeah yeah definitely um, and okay bremen, well, was a, was a, bremen was a cool it was, it was a good fit for that particular book too yeah yeah um so speaking of like badass artists you're working with nick klein on hulk and i remember when nick klein book vikings over at image dropped yep. and i was at the kubert school and i one of the instructors one of the younger instructors brought it in and he's like you guys got to see this book this is unbelievable and it was one of those like ever since then we were like okay this is a guy you have to pay attention to because he's there yeah there you go there it is nice uh, and just everything that guy works on i don't know in my opinion i was just telling bride right before we started recording with you uh, he might be one of, you know, he's up there with like Stuart Eminen and one of these guys that are like kind of like the perfect balance of what 
at least in my opinion of like what what a great comic artist is you know like it's there's yeah. it's not dead it's not dry it's there's tons of action and it's lively but then also he can just draw like nobody's business um what's it how's that how's that collaborating with him on the the incredible hulk is ideal <laughs> <laughs> it really is it's, it's an ideal collaboration and not just with nick also with matt with Corey, the colorist and letter and oh, okay uh, and will and michelle the editors it's just an ideal collaboration. It's it's what comics ought to be, where it feels like music. You know, everyone's yeah. kind of yeah. treating their part. You know, in a like in a great jazz combo, you trade out any one player, even if it's like the the bassist, the drummer, anyone, and everything changes. Like everything around it changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's like that here too. I um, the uh, Nick is so he's not he's admittedly not even. In his like regular life, he's not a horror. He's not a guy that thinks about horror constantly like I am. I, I love horror stuff. Oh, okay. Um, Nick is not that way, but he loves oh, really? drawing this horror stuff that I'm giving him. And he's he's just really going all in on it. And um, he's putting so much love. He sees how much love I'm putting into the scripts because I'm writing very much with him in mind. Okay. Uh, with the stuff that I know that he crushes. And I'm I'm thinking about his art constantly as I'm writing. And um and I can I can see the gratitude and the yeah. the intensity of, in the pages he gives me back. I constantly get pages from him that looks like that look like covers, like just the interiors, oh, man. just the just the the sharpness of everything that yeah. he gives me back. Like I mean, when the when the first issue sold out and went back to print, they just took an interior page and made that the variant cover. Wow! And oh, they did they did the same thing in issue two. And that's awesome. Um, it's, unbelievable how good he is yeah i just picked up uh i couldn't get my hands on issue one but i did pick up issue two and uh it it gave me it gave me very much like 80s uh alan moore steve Bissett swamp thing vibes when i was reading yes. it and i and i loved That's what we want man every second of it that that eerie creepy stuff like the the ec warren publishing kind of horror things that's, yeah. that's what i want with this i just want to i mean i want this uh the whole story, at least for the immediate, for the foreseeable future, it's just Hulk getting into these horror-themed adventures across the American South. Okay, oh, that's awesome. yeah, very, very Southern Gothic kind of stuff. Yeah. Was there uh, anything that you were looking at when you were kind of like, I guess, constructing your your plots for the Hulk? Yeah i I love Hellboy, man. Okay, and I, yeah. and I love. There's a specific volume of that called the crooked man that Richard Corbin did. Okay. That was, yeah. That was a big influence on, on this Hulk run. Um, there's also, I'm, I'm also a huge hellblazer devotee. Yeah. Um, God, what else? Um, just the, the, um, I have, a, my love for comics grew out of a relatively small collection. I mean, the, the comics I had when I was a kid were mostly like dad would come home with these ripped up with these boxes and ripped up books that he got for like a buck, a, a bushel or something. <laughs> he yeah. Come back with this, you know, boxes of old stuff. He just regarded it as trash. Um, okay. Just stuff that I could use to learn to read. Oh, interesting. And so I taught myself how to read off of these comics. And to him, it was just junk. Just because he had pretty pictures and like lots, lots of words I could figure out how to read. Um, because that's how he had learned to read when he was a kid. Huh. In the forties, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, and right. And now he, he, uh, like he was very disappointed in how enamored I became with the medium. <laughs> he wanted me to to learn to read and then leave it, leave all that kid stuff behind. But I just loved it. Yeah. I made my own. But um, in a lot of those old books, um, they kind of they became these separate piles of like DC and Marvel and like cartoony shit, like uh, kind of the, the forerunners to Ducktales and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Beagle Boys, and all those old um, Golden Key comics and Gladstone and those kind of things. Um, yeah. Anyway, so in the Marvel ones, well, really all three, all three piles. Like very often, there would be um, a one or two parter where I could just pick up one comic, read it, and that's the adventure. Like there's an ending at the right. end. Yeah, and that was just the best, especially because I, I almost never had more than one or two. I didn't having consecutive issues of a of an, kind of run was just like a uh i didn't have much of that you know yeah it was almost exclusively just one-offs just you know all mixed in together and they weren't they didn't run into one another um so having a a, a one-off like a one-shot that just completed the whole story was 
amazing to me. I was like, oh my God, it's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and later I would try to, I would try to find the companion issue when it was a two-parter or try to fill the run when it was, when it was that kind of thing, but it was almost always a one or two-parter. Uh, there's a lot of Spider-Man, like Marvel team-up stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember those were great. Yeah. Yeah. He'd bump into Dr. Strange and they'd have a, like a two issue thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes I did have both issues and that was incredible. There was one where, what was it? He became like a werewolf or some shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, it was like the Doctor Strange one, and there was um, what was another one? I think I had half of one with him and Ghost Rider. I had uh, there's one with Human Torch or something where they fought Super Scroll. Some I can't remember exactly. Sounds, but, um, I mean, it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, the Spider Man would would uh, meet up with another A lister or sometimes a B and C lister, and I kind of my uh, my knowledge of Marvel lore really grew that way. Yeah, uh, very much like uh, Brave and the Bold sometimes got that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what really struck me was um, just learning more about the lore of that universe through those little team-ups, but also how short those stories could be and be effective at that length. Yeah. Um, so those are both things that I'm trying to capture in in this Hulk run. Uh, there are going to be a lot of team-ups. Sweet. With, yeah. with, with beloved characters. There's also going to be some team-ups with new characters I'm introducing. Ooh, oh, okay. Cool. And um, I want to bring out some some monsters from Hulk's like past that you don't really hear about anymore. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and spoil. I think the missing link is pretty cool. You never really see that guy anymore. So I kind of want to bring him out. The missing I don't know link. if I remember that guy. Yeah. Um, am I, is that the right name? He's like a, he's like a Hulk sized dude, like a, like a cave, like a hairless cave looking thing. Okay. Okay. And I think, I think there's, I think there's, there's potential there to do something pretty cool. I um, think so I had an old, person. I think I had an old Cap comic uh, with the missing link in it. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, really it's like, kind of like this this big mutant looking caveman thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to bring I want to bring him out. Um, but, but there's also I really wanted to. Uh, I thought I saw an opening to create a new kind of Ghost Rider. Oh, Jason oh. Okay. when we saw Jason Aaron's uh, Ghost Rider run, um, at some point it talked about it showed different Ghost Riders of different regions and different eras and everything. And okay. I wanted to show a new one. It's kind of a, in a way, I'm kind of seeding this, this Inglorious Bastards kind of World War II book I want to do. Okay. So we're introducing World War II Ghost Rider. Hell yeah. In the, page, in the pages of Hulk. Uh, that's, that's cool. Hopefully going to spin off into other stuff. That's awesome. That's some, oh, so, wow. That sounds But, but I'm also exclusive. creating a lot of new. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, <laughs> we just talked about it at San Diego. Oh, all right. <laughs> but but just barely. Like just it just, just kind of got announced. They they showed some art from it. They called I think they gave him a name like Zombie Ghost Rider or something that I hadn't heard until the panel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. But, nice. uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the book looks amazing, of, man. I'm creating a lot of new excited. monsters for the for the story. New monsters. So, yeah, I'm trying to create like a new like a kind of a, be- a new bestiary for for marvel the, the monstrous side of the marvel you oh, nice awesome uh, did you see that they're bringing well you probably did see i guess marvel's bringing cap wolf back for a miniseries for yeah that was my like gateway that was my first introduction with comics was that really cap wolf run which we talked to to i talked to death on here but uh like i was like in nebraska at the time like some summer and we stopped at like a probably a kmart or something and it just uh-huh. randomly and I don't know what it was, but you know, him holding up that shield with the werewolf silhouetted black face. For some reason, I thought that was a cool thing. Like American flags, werewolf, sign me up. Let's do it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. But no, it's, I love that. Uh, I love that the Marvel's embracing the whole like monster verse kind of coming back because they. I mean, that used to be a big, big side of what they were doing over there, and you just don't. You don't see it as much, I guess. Occasionally, it pops up here and there, but. Yeah. Seems like when I gave them the pitch, they asked me for um kind of a, a very loose outline for the first 12 issues to see mm-hmm. what was coming. And I gave them way more than that. I gave them like 30 something. And oh, wow. they didn't complain. That's like, great. Cool. And, and while we're talking, it's just it's fun because everyone involved, my editors, yeah. but also like CB and Tom and everyone, like everyone's kind of nerding out, like, huh, what if we brought out so and so? I think CB asked, like, hey, would you or maybe it was Tom asked like, hey, would you want to do um would you want to bring out uh, werewolf by night I'm like sure man like i can find yeah. a place for that man so how's cb doing i haven't seen him in oh man 
it's probably been like seven years since I've seen him. How's he doing? Good, you? I mean, I, we didn't we didn't talk at any great length, but I saw he was on the same panel as me at uh, at San Diego. Okay, we spoke very briefly, but he seemed great. That's great. Yeah, I sent him an email not uh, probably a couple years ago, but it was like during the pandemic. I know he's just so crazy swamped with work, so sure. you know it's like if I get a response, great. If not, totally. Yeah, the same no, time. he and yeah he and Tomper. <laughs> He and Tom both have the kind of jobs where they're just constantly doing shit. Like they, mm-hmm. there's not much of a chance to breathe. But um, yeah, yeah, he seems seems like he's doing really well. That's the, good. Uh, we talked. I basically like soft pitched my Inglorious Bastards Marvel thing, like with him on the panel. Like, nice. Kind of, kind oh, of put, just put him on the, the spot. On him. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, he, he said he said approved on the panel, so I'm going to try to hold him to it. There you yeah, go. You got I mean, you have to now. I mean, it's probably yeah. recorded somewhere, right? Yeah. It's, someone's oh, got totally. it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Like I, I <laughs> um, somebody was like, uh, some fan was asking questions and they're like, what book would you most want to do? And I already had this thing like in my mind, ready to go. I was like, I want to do a Marvel universe and glorious bastards, like Nazi kill squad fantasy book. I want to do, oh my God. Like, I want to, I want a team like an X-Force style team, but yes, like, around, around the cons, like the crow where you've got this, this world war two era ghost rider. Yeah. Uh Logan, Sergeant Fury, two eyes. I want Peggy Carter. I want teenage psycho Bucky. That's Just, what I'm talking. Okay. Like yeah. mowing down black science Nazis. That sounds like now. Would there be any crossover with Cap or is he over somewhere else? Well, this is before I had the, the idea before the Cap Wolf thing was out there, but I um Cap Wolf could in theory have a place in that kind of thing. Okay. But if it was just straight up Cap, Cap doesn't have any place in the team like I'm envisioning. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like Cap's the good guy, and in the, like Bucky was like the secret Black Ops psycho yep. kid. Yeah, I like I, I like it when they did that. Yeah, I, it makes too. more sense. You know, exactly, exactly. So that's what I want to do. And I, I said that we'll see be on the panel, and he was like approved. I was like, all right, see, you're locked in. <laughs> yep, it's in now. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, I, I mean that sounds that sounds awesome. I can't imagine. I crush it. Not wanting to do it. I, I got yeah. a, I got a, I have a Nazi hang up. <laughs> so I, it would be, it would be really fun and, and, uh, therapeutic to have a book like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Well, uh, we're getting close to the wire here. So, um, the Hulk's coming out right now. So people can go, you know, uh, pick that up at their local comic book shop. Uh, where can uh, where can people follow you and check out what you're up to? I have a website, philipkennedyjohnson.com, two L's and Philip. Um, I am on Facebook, Twitter. Actually, these now that Twitter's kind of kind of spreading its wings a little. I think it's yeah. everyone's kind of finding different places to hang out. So mm-hmm. I'm on I'm kind of on all that stuff. I'm still trying to get used to you know cloning all my tweets and I'm trying to reach everybody wherever they are. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter, th- um threads blue sky uh instagram okay. i'm not as active as i should be on some of those but i'm trying to trying to be more consistent but yeah. also the books that i've got coming out right now are uh hulk action comics yes green lantern uh green lantern war journal is about to start in september that's the john Stewart. oh cool oh sweet yeah uh 007 james bond at dynamite and okay. um a creator own book i've got coming together that hopefully i'll have an announcement for later this year Oh wow, that's all. Oh, that congratulations! That's yeah. great. I'm a big creator own uh fan. That's like, I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong, I like the big five, but yeah, yeah, creator own, creator own is the that, best. Yeah, that gets my totally. juices going. Uh, yeah, dig it, man. It's it's kind of a, it's like Breaking Bad met Nightcrawler, kind of. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm in. Yeah, done, <laughs> done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of it. And we got an incredible artist on board. So yeah, it's it's going to be really exciting. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, we'll probably to... be uh, hitting you back up. See if you want to talk about this. Yeah, create your own book when it comes out. Awesome, Bry. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to take us home? All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Tiger Cubs, for tuning in. Uh, you can find, as always, everything Blue Tiger Revenge related at our website, bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. Uh, subscribe. It's free. You get email notifications anytime we drop a new episode, a new page of Operation Blue. Um, it's out there. It's ready for you. Send it to all your friends. Get that fresh, hot tiger milk in your, you know, on your eyes, in your ears, everywhere. Um, and you know, finally, uh, 
want to thank uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Thanks, man, for coming on and doing this. This was, uh, was fun to hear your origin story and just chat uh, chat comics with you, man. Yeah, man. Ditto. Thanks for having me on. All right. And uh, that's all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? I am bone dry. All right. If that's great the, meeting you guys. You as well. You yeah, as well. Me too. Um, if that's the case, man, what time is it? It's music. It's <laughs> music.